Now, welcome to part two with Billy. Enjoy. Yeah. So, so interesting enough, um, I, I, I have to ask, and I know we had a prior discussion. So if there's any way you can do it with, with, uh, maintaining credibility, of course, but I'm just looking for at least two stories as we transition. I think we've been having a conversation for an hour. So this is sort of moving into the second half of this. Um, really like looking at the behind the scenes stories that you experience, not like the most wild and crazy that tomorrow, I don't know where you're at because you're thrown in jail. <laughs> but like any kind of like story that you can say behind the scenes that that would show interest, right? Um, because we, I do want to transition into lessons learned after that. So even if this story has representation to that, but yeah, if you could just give like one or two stories, cause that's again, right. This is what we see right from, from my side as a normal, uh, consumer of music. And at, I would say the tier one level, not the tier four or five or seven is just watching on TV, watching on Facebook, you know, listening to albums. That's as far as the extent that I have. So do you have any sort of funny, quirky, like behind the scenes stories without naming names that you can provide? Oh, well, let's see. Tell me what kind of rating are you looking for? <laughs> um, yeah, I got, uh, let me, let me keep it, keep it light since this is a family program. <laughs> there is one excellent behind the scenes. So this goes back to Australia um, with, with McK James McKenna. Which and, we didn't mention yet, by the way. So do you want to do a little lead oh, up sure. to that? Yeah, well, that's important. Enough, I had this artist, um, you know, and I can, he's a, he's one of my closest friends now. Um, but I had this artist when I first came out to LA. So I'll give you the, the quick rundown. Sure. Um, you know, meet on Craigslist and he's looking for me to, to, he's looking for a guitar player to play in his band. And so I, I drive down to meet him at his band rehearsal and he's got this, basically got this bass player. looks like, you know, he's like on steroids, like <laughs> veins, veins popping out and, <laughs> As long story short, he, uh, uh, I, I said, he, I, he comes out to the car after and he says, Hey, so what do you think? And I said, I said, I like you, but, uh, and I'll, I'll play in your band, but you gotta get rid of the other two guys. <laughs> it's me or him, me or him, me or him. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he goes, oh, okay. And then a week later he goes, I, I got rid of that guy. I said, what? I said, that guy's going to find me and, and beat me up. <laughs> so, so James, I, I worked with James for many years. And, and one of the reasons, you know, when I had some of my own, you know, I had a lot of my own personal struggles, you know, dealing with, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and things like that, as part as probably most people in the entertainment industry go. Um, and I remember James would always, you know, he would, he, cause he had to drive like an hour and a half to, or an hour, hour and a half to get to me every day. And, you know, he would be showing up at my place to do a, a session and I'd be passed out and he'd be knocking on my door, you know, and like, and I didn't want to answer it. And, and he had so much patience with me. And that's why I really wanted to stick, stick with him in the long haul. So all of a sudden James, you know, gets a, gets a call and it turns out it's from this, this guy who wants to, to use one of our songs, um, for Australian rules football. And of course, I never heard it heard of it back then. And <laughs> this must have been like 2000, and I think this is 2007 or 2008, maybe. And he, I guess this guy, his name was Dennis Cometti, and he's kind of like the John Madden equivalent in Australia. Oh, gotcha! Uh, big, big time football announcer with all the sort of the uh, the one liners and all that stuff, and um, and a former former legend in the sport as well. Aussie rules football, and. Um, and he said he found 
our CD in like the bargain bin at CD Baby or something. <laughs> he really liked the song and, and he wanted us to come out there. And so we said, yeah, we'll come out there. And he says, yeah, I'll, I'll book you the shows. I'll take care of everything. So bring merchandise. We got all this merchandise made. And the first thing that we do, we get to the airport and the customs in Australia said, you didn't fill out the proper forms. And Hey man, we didn't, you know, they're really going to seize all and destroy all our stuff, all our merchandise. They're like, you trying to make money here, mate, and you didn't want to fill out the forms and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we don't know what's going on. We were just, you know, we were just told to come out here by this guy, this football guy. And who, what's his name? Dennis Cometti. You guys know Dennis Cometti? Yeah, he's the guy that's sponsoring the whole thing. Oh, we're real sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, doors just open. They just open. You know, and you're talking about customs, right? You know, uh, coming into a, a foreign country. So it wasn't even like, okay, we're going to verify this. It was like, it, I mean, he, he, as soon as he said said the name and showed showed him the email, that was good enough for them. Wow. Um, so we, while we were there, we so this like i said this is going to be a nice g-rated story and this is kind of a nice g-rated story about james the, the mckenna experience going through australia but uh <laughs> so, so we get out there and we're all of a sudden we're playing it there like you know we're attending their super bowl we're performing like at this concert outside their super bowl bigger than any gig we had done here in the states um and and we're getting paid a lot of money <laughs> yeah well, a lot of money to us back then yeah and, so while we're out there, we had this, we're like, man, this is like just, just freaking amazing. And so Dennis is visiting us to an, he got us not a hotel room. Uh, he got us like a, a one of those live in apartments for like, for, oh, wow. So while, while he was out there, we write this song called last one standing. If you look up last one standing McKenna, you'll hear the song on YouTube. Um, so we write this song and I decided to have Dennis because he's known for his football one-liners to tell me some like terminology with the sport. So we wrote this the song and worked it into the terminology and i and i made it real anthemic like a u2 type song and dennis heard it and said i want this to be the official song for the sport and you know i want you guys back here next year and we're going to promote it and and so you know we come back out the following year and, and we're i mean we're out there for for, for a period long period of time we're, we're yeah. out playing the song and and playing concerts like you know once two three times a week and we hired hired um some local uh this local couple out there from a band called the wellingtons to back us up and i mean we were out there and and then it became a, a you know we were on all the radio stations and <laughs> the hype and and this was going to be the song that was going to replace their 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 uh anthem called up there kazali which was like a up da -da 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 -da, like one of those and dennis saw it as a song that could really open up the sport to the world and that year, by the way, they also um, showed the Aussie Rules Grand Final, which is their Super Bowl, on ESPN too. You know, so this was this was all tying in together. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it became a thing. Wait, these two American blokes are writing the song for our sport. Oh no! And it became a thing in the in the press and in the, yeah, and all sorts of stuff. So, and I remember, <laughs> I remember out there in, in Australia, and they, you know, and one you know we they call them bogans right like drunkards or whatnot you know after the bar and they said to me uh you know what are you uh, you know they're using some derogatory language uh based off my my half asianness <laughs> they, they, they asked me if i was chinese or something i said no but i said i said no bro i'm not chinese i'm american they're like let's get them <laughs> <laughs> it was like i would have been better off like the fact that i like <laughs> american out there was even worse right yeah 
Anyway, so then, then I said, no. I said, I'm the American guy that wrote the song Last One Standing that we're going to be before. You're the guy. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> You're just digging your hole deeper. That's. <laughs> well, I, I thought I was going to be able to use it like a celebrity thing, like, you know, get out of jail free card. It was actually it was actually worse. Um, so so we're going to go to play the grand final, the Super Bowl. And it's big. You know, we're, we're performing the parade beforehand, doing all this press. And we were supposed to perform at the very end of the game when they do their victory lap and the stadium, I think held like hundred to 150,000 people. Wow. I know it's kind of a wide range, but I, I know it was more than a hundred, hundred thousand, less than 50, 150. Yeah. And, um, and then they had in excess, uh, in excess was performing the halftime show. And so we're getting ready, you know, and it's a tie ball game with like th- a tie match with like three minutes left. So we're, we're back, we're backstage on the thing, getting ready to go out there. And I'm like watching the game on TV and it's counting down. And they said, oh, my God, this is, you know, it's, it's coming to the end of the match. It's over. Oh, my God. I'm like, well, so what is there an overtime? There's no overtime. Well, what does that mean? It means it ends in a tie. So what does that mean? <laughs> he goes, he goes, it means you, you blokes aren't playing. Oh, so, no. so we're out there after this whole like two year build up. Oh no! Perform at their Super Bowl, and then it ends in a tie, and they tell us we're not we're not performing. Of course, they said it, and then they said it had only happened like the last time something like that happened was like 1972. <laughs> so it's like only the second or third time that this ever happened in, in oh. the So I remember James, you know, was you know, and the, and the other bandmates were really upset about it, and. And uh, this is, was my chance, going back to the initial story of James's patience with me, uh, this was my chance to go back and, and calm him down and say it was going to be all right. And, and once the kind of the dust settled, they said, well, we, we're just going to replay the match next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if our Super Bowl ended in a tie and then they would do the whole thing over again a week oh, later? Man. So, so, uh, you know, and then that's how it ended. We ended up getting to perform. Uh, we got to perform the next week. So we had, had to stay out there for an extra week and all that. But imagine like such an emotional climax. Oh, yeah. And, what, what an adrenaline dump. I mean, just. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I mean, it was, uh, I, I guess in those types of situations, if the, if that, that was always my strength. Like I'm, I'm, I'm usually, I have a screw loose um, most of the time. But when, when the, <laughs> When the poop hits the fan, I'm usually the guy that everybody calls to come in and take care of stuff. So, nice. so that's uh, yeah, that that was a crazy story. Um, I'm trying to think of another good crazy story that's on the G-rated stuff. See, a lot of the crazy stuff, yeah, you know, and I I understand what you're trying to do with Pave and everything. So I want to, you know, <laughs> I understand <laughs> it. So right, it's it's by episode, right? So people, there's going to be an understanding of like, hey, we have this person having a discussion. Like I'm gonna eventually have people that have had military experience on. I guarantee you that those stories are gonna be wild and crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, again, if you don't have one, that's okay. But if you can think of one, just real quick, um, maybe another one. Again, right? Not naming names. You can uh, to protect the innocent, if you will, or guilty in this case. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, if you could just give us one more story, man. Really yeah, appreciate. Well, it. I'll, I'll tell this this story, and and this is I wouldn't say this is funny. In fact, this is kind of. Um, you know, kind of alluding to what I was saying about why I, I just, I don't like the industry. Um, but um, one of the things that was just very prevalent um, 
you know, was the was the amount of uh, you know sort of the the abuse, right? Like the high pressure to do drugs, alcohol, um, and then also you know taking advantage of like a lot of young artists, and it goes both ways. Trust me, like I mean, these producers, it's it's not just young girls. I mean, you know, this this is Hollywood, so if they're if you're a young guy trying to make it too, there's there's all sorts of you know bad stuff going on. But um, the, the amazing thing was was that after the Me Too movement kind of hit, um, you thought that things you know they they they, they fired few people and and I, and I watched these people get fired, but then I just got watched them get rehired at another company and it was like nothing happened, doing the same stuff. Um, you know that's uh, that's that's a kind of a sad part of you know sad part of it i guess that's pretty crazy yeah yeah so i mean i you know it transitions into like i said earlier what i'd like to talk about is really as you've staged up let's say there's four different stages right um can you just provide some lessons learned you know some caveats if you will going okay from the college here lessons learned and from like the music here into into producing some lessons learned and production and into a manager and now like where you're at. And then after that, I do want to discuss a little bit about the software and marketing and just get into a little bit more detail, um, okay. you know, time time allowing. But yeah, would you mind just telling us a couple of, of areas of lessons learned that are yeah. really striking in retrospect? Well, what I can tell you is, and I don't even have to necessarily go into specifics more though in a general sense. Um, I would say that, that one of the things that I learned is that um, don't burn any bridges, right? Because, um, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of artists and a lot of emotional people like you have here, you know, in the entertainment business, um, when, when something doesn't go your way or the way you expected it to, it's real easy to kind of torch that person or that entity. That's, that's why I'm kind of hesitant to use actual names or, or, or you know, I, I don't want to, there's certain people that I definitely will never work with, um, but you you got to be careful um, not to burn that bridge and I'm, I'm sure this is more than just the music industry but that, you know that person you may come back you know two years later and that person may be at the top of a company yeah. or that person may be your boss or something like yeah. that so you don't want to you don't want to burn bridges um, and then I would say that the other thing is is that um, I guess everybody's situation is different but looking back I wish I wish I wasn't so focused on trying to make money um, Although, I guess if you're going to do anything as a professional to try and make a living, you have to make money. So you can't do everything pro bono or charity. But there were a lot of opportunities and a lot of gigs that I had where I left certain gigs because um, because I had an opportunity to make more money elsewhere. And had I stuck, you know, stuck it out with some of those situations, which I think were quality situations, um, then I probably could have tasted a little bit more success or or, or at least felt better about about things um ultimately when i jumped ship for more money in other situations um it was very short-lived and and at the end of the day wasn't very gratifying um and i guess that's why you know that's why they called me a hired gun or a you know a mercenary in the business because um you know people knew that if they, they hired me they had to pay me but there was probably not a lot of chance of loyalty or or sticking it out in the long term during bad times um, and I regret that I, I regret that to a degree. I, I wish I had stuck with some stuff more. Um, the other thing that I would say is, uh, which I'm trying to do now, I think it's important that, that 
as you go along in your career at different points, it's, it's important to mentor somebody um, at different stages of the game. So when I was a manager, um, I was too worried that other people were going to try to steal or take, you know, influence my artist. So um, looking back, I wish I would have maybe um, found like a younger aspiring manager to kind of help, you know, to kind of mentor um, because it does two things. One, it, it makes you a little, uh, a little less selfish about things, but it also helps reinforce your skill set. You know, when you're sort of teaching or, or um, you know, mentoring, you're constantly reinforcing your own skill set and giving, you know, giving validation of what you do, but also inspiring the next generation. Um, and that's why I think one of the reasons that I, I enjoy uh, teaching uh, privately so much is because I feel like I'm passing something along, you know, that's positive and, and productive. And it's just a good feeling to, to you know, to give uh, in that regard. Um, another lesson that I learned. Well, I learned some of the things that I would say that um, that have validated what I do is to be well organized. Um, is, you know, to not get caught up in the social pressures. Um, even still today, it's 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 very difficult not to. Uh, sometimes you want to stay in the loop, and you feel like, okay, if I if I don't do this, um, then I'm gonna you know miss out on an opportunity, or I'm gonna uh, fall out of you know the scene or whatever. But then, um, you know, then you end up doing these things, and then you know then you get stuck into the social pressures of drugs, alcohol, debauchery, and <laughs> large, and all that stuff. So right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm... so, so you said in, I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken, is that when you started dabbling in software? Is that correct? Well, I, I wouldn't say that I dabbled, dabbled in software, so to speak. At that point, I decided to make a career change. Um, and because, uh, I wanted to do something that was not music related and I was trying to do something that, you know, seemed like it was on the fourth, you know, technology, right? Software. Right. Um, and so, uh, that's when I went to, you know, to my soft, we had a software company making, uh, you know, essentially relational databases, uh, like scheduling software, like CRMs, that type of stuff. And we made it, um, for companies that were in the music and film and TV industry. So just for those folks that don't know what CRM is, can you, can you say that abbreviation? Yeah. Like, 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 like customer relations software or like, you know, client management, you know, like anything, basically contact management and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, to me, actually right before I got with that company, um, I didn't know how I was going to get a real job when all my, when my only experience in life, you know, in the last 20 years had been in music. Um, previously I was, you know, I worked at retail, like when I was in high school and, you know, I worked for, you know, the vitamin store general, you know, GNC or whatever that was, <laughs> I worked there for, for many years and, um, you know, protein, uh, <laughs> protein, baby, protein. Yeah, exactly. Whey protein and creatine. Um, but actually I, uh, didn't know my musical background would translate into real world activities. So I, I went to this, uh, employment agency, like a headhunter, and they were able to take all my musical experience and translate it into real world, uh, skills, I guess. So they said, Oh, a music producer, you're a good project manager and, and this and that and the other thing. So then they shopped it around and I started getting a lot of, I started getting contacted by a lot of companies, um, you know, 
based on my retail sales experience and all that and management and stuff like that in this past, um, I just started going for, for sales director positions. And uh, although I'd never been a sales director, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just wanted the income that came with being you a You stayed at Holiday Inn last night. It's okay. Holiday Inn Express. That's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then, you know, I told you earlier on about how uh, I also wanted the manage the marketing, the marketing director job. Um, and so, yeah, essentially for me, looking at everything in this position um, was just like looking at another project or musical project and how to get it out there to the masses. And, um, you know, sales was kind of easy for me because it was just a numbers game, right? You just need right. to make need to make money and you, and uh you need to have increase your profit margins and and all the sort of the typical stuff um and anyways go ahead yeah no that's great so so the sales and marketing so that's a pretty hard pivot um so it's interesting and that's a good thing to know right and again like going back to our earlier conversation i bet if somebody were to try you could use the same thing with chat gbt now because i've had some some folks that I've talked to recently that have actually had their resume written by ChatGBT, they put in some variables or whatever and say, spit me out in this format. So you could probably use that, you know, regarding and rather than a, a headhunter company or something, as you mentioned um, earlier. So I, I, like I said, I just think that's very interesting to go from the music industry into that. But there's a lot of like even hard and, as you mentioned, soft skill sets that can traverse, well, if you will. Right. I mean, I think, you know, which, which again, looking back, is why I made that decision when I was in college to switch into business. And in fact, one of the things that I teach a lot of my private students, um, you know, some of them, uh, you know, I have right now about six of them that are ready to go into college. And of course the question is, oh, which music college or which this or which liberal arts school? And I, I said, don't waste your money. <laughs> I said, if you just want to be a musician, save that $250,000 that you would spend on music college and set up your own music business i mean your, your own music company or live off it or do whatever you want but don't waste it on college and okay well you know the parents are like yeah but i still want them to go to college okay go to a college and get a business degree or get a degree that can be used i mean the thing about a business degree is and, and what i learned is that whether it's music software or you know chemical additives um it, it's the same the same principles right you know a musical artist or a band or a recording is the same thing as software, is the same thing as chemical additive, is the same thing as coconut water, cell phones, or anything. So all the principles of, of business work, work in either of those scenarios. So to me, you know, it, it really wasn't that hard of a pivot. Um, I think what the hardest part of the pivot was believing in myself that, you know, that I could, that I could do that, right? That I that I could look at that. I mean, theoretically, I knew what I was doing and it made sense. Um, but yeah, because I think Doctor, I don't know if you ever read it. Uh, there's a good book called Presence, and there's also some YouTube videos by Doctor Amy Cuddy, and she talks about not only faking it till you make it, but faking till you become it, right? And so that's that's that next level. You know, as you're not going in, but, but, you know, hopefully people have the privilege of having the office where they can shut the blinds and do the YouTube university <laughs> as you did, just to fill any gaps. 
say, hey, listen, I'm not going to lie, right? Even in stuff I do every day, there's some there's some learning. I think there's always learning. If you want to stay relevant in your respective industry, there's always additional learning, whether that's through audiobooks, formal, formal or informal class settings, um, or there's a really good thing called Course RA, if you haven't seen that. And some major universities put out free uh courses and like i mean whether that's coding or marketing and some other stuff and you can sign up for it and attend it I'm talking like syracuse and some other high level uh, colleges so there's a lot of stuff that's beneficial out there and it's funny that you say that because a lot of folks will come in and say hey what should i do with x y and z and it's it's really like per person and per aptitude and capability and there is the overarching thing so like you know do you go specific on your bachelor's and then do a, an mba right? Because you have that technical skill set and then you want that overarching business plan in your brain. That way you don't hit a ceiling in your business. That way you don't become a technical pipeline, right? Which a lot of folks have experiences. Um, I can be the, the technical SME or, or proficient at that. But when it gets into the, the blurring line, if you will, of that, that gap into the managerial role, and then it's holistic is how do we tie into the, the other parts of this business, right? Like you use CRM before, which I, I've written some papers on, but it's interesting, like the automotive industry utilizes that, the supply chain industry utilizes that, so they can reach on the left and right side, not only CRM, but there's other software that's been created to do that too, looking at raw material to manufacturing, so they can mitigate the bullwhip effect and some other things that occur in the supply chain. So it's very interesting and in how important that is to, to have that holistic sense and go, Hey, is there something I can do to enhance my technical skill set, but then also my business savvy, or like you even mentioned marketing, which is also one of those things. Well, too. Going back to your, you know, your, your chat GPT. I mean, that's, that's where I think the real, whether you're going to see the real changes in automation, right? You're going to start seeing, like you said, supply chains, things like that. There's, there's going, that's where I think the, the AI technologies are really going to, to improve things. Um, and more than likely at the expense of a lot of a lot of jobs. Um, you know, one of the things that I would say is um, the higher education, and, and that's all well and good, but there's also plenty of people that, that run businesses. And um, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I know that um, that have like business degrees and MBAs and all this stuff, and then they can't freaking start, they can't start their own business. You know, you can't get business off the ground. And that's, and I know plenty of people who run successful businesses that ha have no college education. Okay. So yeah, we're just wrapping up about the, the software and marketing and utilizing free services and the soft, soft skills and hard skills and how it's better to benefit looking at potential, you know, looking at business as a formal degree or something um, to, to assist people out, as you said earlier. So, um, I know that you said you have a couple of, of businesses now that you do, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what those are? Yeah. So, um, again, like I started during the pandemic of a, a music, um, I started out like a, I guess a music lessons business, but not in the traditional sense where it's, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, I can show people how to play the guitar better or do vocal lessons. But a lot of my, you know, my sort of marketing pitch was being able to take your musical idea in your head and being able to um, flesh it out, write it, produce it, market it, take care of your legal, legal matters, and then have it up online for the whole world to download or buy or or whatnot. So, um that's that's one of them my, my lessons business it's one bills music lessons.com um the number one bills music lessons.com <laughs> and then the other one um a company uh 
that I'm in called Pipe Dream Industries. And so Pipe Dream is um, utilizing things like carbon nanotechnology and carbon nanotubes um, to uh, basically re as an additive or as coatings um, to reduce the amount of plastic um, to um, you know help help in, in, with safety like in building materials and things like that so we have you know one of our main products is this uh, uh, heat resistant coating or, fire, or I guess fire resistant coating um, and um, you can apply it on uh, drywall you could mix it in with cement and things like that and, and it will uh, uh, the, the the fire resistant coating will uh, withstand heat up to 3000 degrees wow. uh, so that can pre prevent things like buildings from burning down and whatnot um, yeah, our other products <clears throat> can use be used to reduce the amount of plastic while maintaining the same strength of plastic um, all, all very boring scientific stuff but but definitely on the cutting Love edge it. of things that are going to be used tomorrow um, and so uh, yeah that's 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 a couple of things that's cool man Maybe we'll, we'll have a separate discussion and dive into the pipe dreams thing. That sounds pretty interesting from my the, the science part of my brain, right? So there's a musicality and science part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, even with this new new company, when I got when I you know got asked to to come in, it, uh, part of it was, um, you know, a new startup that was trying to essentially change the future and change how things are done, um, and again i look at this like a musical artist like the next musical artist but it's a you know a chemical a chemical additives right you some find, people you, have you, guitars some people add chemicals you know exactly you just but, but like anything else you you find you know who's the who, who are you trying to sell this to who's the market for it and then and then and then you make the product and uh hopefully everybody sees the potential and starts using it Right. Yeah. So we're getting close to wrapping up here. And uh, one of the questions that I ask or going to ask, if you will, all the people I have discussions with um, is how many beds have you slept in in your life? <laughs> Just by myself or with? <laughs> it, it had to have at least you in it. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. So, so when you think through that question, right to try to like fathom a number of of that does it bring back any synopsis of memories well okay i'll tell you as soon as you asked that you know aside from my joke um the first thing i thought about was uh my military upbringing how i had to move around a lot and then the second and, and what's funny about that is i swore that i was not going to follow in my father's foot you know my sister went in the marine corps um, you know, you were in the Air Force, and so, and so is your wife, and so is uh, our, you know, Aunt Marie, and um, and uh, and I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, you know, I, I don't like being all over the place, and um, and then of course, then I then I become a rock and roll touring musician, so <laughs> in the same thing. Um, so the first part you said, I was thinking of my military upbringing, my military childhood, and then the second thing I thought about was you know, being on in hotels and tour buses and couches. Um, and then the third thing I thought about was, um, just even in my, my, my personal adult life of how many different places that I lived, although I've been in California now for 20 years. Um, but 
you know, even while since I've been here, I I did a brief stint in Australia, a brief stint in Austin, Texas. You know, so I'm, I'm still still moving out and about. Right. Um, and then there was another part of that equation, but I'll. <laughs> no, that's oh, usually oh, of all the beds that I slept in. Yes, yes. You know, there's there's the adult uh, area of that, but it's it's always interesting to you know one watch the facial expressions and then part two to complete that right and so what i mean complete that is it's not necessarily the answer as far as the numbers it's really the journey that your mind goes through right and so to me with the people add value experiences it, we really like to celebrate journeys right and journeys in people's life and collaborations and what they've done and just being you know having that that various lifestyle right because there are some people out there that are few and far between, but they've, you know, had their mind and goal set on one thing and then they've done that and they've been successful in that where I really wanted to explore and discover the people that have become successful through trials and tribulations and have such a, a various and variety of backgrounds um, to, got, to get them where they're at today. And so I feel like that that question, while, you know, some initially think it's it's like a little inappropriate, it really like starts to, to build where have I lived? Where have I been? Where have I visited? Who have I, who have I slept in a bed with or next to, or in a room or shared like a dorm room and like all these memories, you know, come flooding back. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's, that's a cool thing to ask people. And like I said, it's always interesting when, when people start to be like, wow. And they, you can see them, they sort of look to the side and then they just go to those places, right? Like, like they just start to mentally travel back in time and just start like, you know, iterating up to where they're at now. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool thing, but. And that, that was your, that was your special question that you were talking about. That was about, my right? special question. It's actually very good. It's very interesting. Like I said, as soon as you said it, um, you know, it makes you think, like you said, from beginning to end, right? To currently. Although I'm, I'm proud to say that I've been sleeping in the same bed now, <laughs> at least sleeping in this or in the same couple beds for the last you know several years so <laughs> that's good to know and i'd like to i'd like to think uh you know i'd like to keep it that way you know? yep yep well hey billy i really appreciate your time and coming on people add value experience pave uh, i look forward to future conversations and and uh, again maybe even getting a little bit deeper in some of those topics. But again, I just wanted to, uh, you know, again, show that. Um, and I will be able to drop the the links below to your respective businesses and or add that to the credits. So that's, that's out there for you. Well, look, uh, yeah, this was fun, cuz. And, um, you know, we should like interview you sometime because you got- you know, <laughs> It's not about me. <laughs> not about me. All right, man. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and sign off and um, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your evening.